the Plotcast podcast with the Potty Plotters, sponsored by the Green Deco, making your garden beautiful. Hello and welcome back to the Potty Plotters Plotcast podcast. This is episode 34 and I'm Julia. And I'm Elaine. And this week we're going to be talking about vegetables. There's a change. Ah, but not just any vegetables, Elaine. We sound like an advert now. We're going to talk about vegetables that you enter into your local horticultural show. And we've got an interview with Gerald Stratford, who is otherwise known as the The Big Veg Man. And we're going to ask him for some advice about entering horticultural shows and how to get a big one. (laughs) 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 This isn't going to be X-rated, by the way. So, um, right, okay. Well, before we get that far, Julia, now you've put everybody on alert, uh, what else are we going to be doing? Hang on, backtrack, Elaine. Oh, all right. Backtrack. Now, think about what what do we have to say now. We have to tell people how to get in touch with us, and it's over to you. All right, okay. So this is the exam part of uh, each of the sessions. Right, are you ready? So anybody who wants to get in touch with us, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Potty Plotters. I feel like you should say yes. Yes. Yes, right, okay. Next bit. TikTok at the Potty Plotters. Yes. Email us naughty corner at pottyplotters.uk. Yes. Or check out our website, pottyplotters.uk. Yes, you've passed. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters. Some people have been in contact with us. So who's been in contact, Elaine? Well, we've had Jane O'Byrne and Jane has actually sent us a picture in of a squash plant and a tiny weeny squash is on the plant. And she says, I wondered if this is blossom end rot due to calcium deficiency. It's only on one or two tiny squashes. Any advice, please? Thanks, Jane. Well, I don't think it is blossom end rot. I think it is possibly a pollination issue. I think that as well. Yeah. yeah. So blossom end rot tends to occur, well, it does occur when there's not enough water to um, send the calcium to the plant. But obviously, you've planted your squash plants outside and we have not had a shortage of water, water. this season. <laughs> so, But what we have had is a lot of water, which means that the pollinators perhaps haven't been as busy and keen to get out and pollinate your plants so i think it's a pollination issue the the, um, fruits just aren't being pollinated enough and that's why they're rotting on the end what i would say for future reference is if you can plant one or two plants together then obviously that means that there's going to be more flowers around at the right time for the right plants so that's one way of counteracting the problem another way of doing it something i like to do elaine is rip the heads off the male flowers and introduce them to the female flowers and that I call IVF. I call it brutal. <laughs> I don't know that much I know more. you like to get your little paintbrush out and tickle them with, <laughs> with it, but I, I'd rather take a more forceful approach. Right. Okay. So that puts us in perspective that actually you are the brute of this relationship, <laughs> not me. Right then. And the next person that's been in touch is Sheila Clark. Ladies, how chuffed am I? First ever crop of cherry tomatoes this season following the presentation you did at Derby County Football Club. You may yet get me to be a gardener. Cheers, Sheila. Well done, Sheila. I know, I know. And I tell you what, I remember her being there and she said, I can't garden, I can't do this, I can't do that. And actually, we've turned the whole thing around and she sent a little picture of some cherry tomatoes. So well done, Sheila. And it goes to prove, you said, Julia, at that time, there's a tomato for everyone out there. 
And there's one for Sheila. And hopefully it'll encourage you to carry on and have a go at different things. Too late to be doing it now, but what we will do is we'll start all over again. Nearly sang it, but I didn't. And so we'll start those again next year too. Contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Potty Plotters or email naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk. Right, what have we been up to this week then? Oh, it's been an exciting week. So obviously we mentioned it last week uh, that we were getting ready to do the flowers for the wedding. We did the flowers for the wedding. Weren't they glorious? It was brilliant. Well, I loved it, but very nervous in case it wasn't going to be right. But um, luckily for us, we were given a free reign, weren't we? And um, and she just said that we can have any colours, do what any design. Yeah. She may well regret that in the future, but nevertheless, to yeah. wear a bouquet that was uh, five foot seven long, I thought was quite quite the thing, wasn't yeah. it? But yeah. a lot of colour. And there was more flowers on the table than there were cutlery. <laughs> But, you know, I think it went down very well and we were very pleased to be able to share our flowers. But how trusting that a bride lets us just do whatever we wanted. You're very convincing when you want to be. As my dad would have said, that'll learn you. And what else have we been doing this week? Um, Well, what have we been doing this week? (laughs) I can't (laughs) think it's all a blur. We've been to a uh, horticultural show. In fact, we've been to two in a week. Yeah. And that was interesting. Um, We went to judge one. And at the second one, we went to hand out the prizes. So we've had fun and frivolity and just trying really, as we've said already, to try and get more people involved in their locality and getting them to grow things and and show off. Because that's what it is really, isn't it? It is. Um, One thing we've noticed, I think, is that there's not as many entrants as there used to be, probably 10, 15 years ago. And and what we would say to anybody who's perhaps organising a show is, Make sure there's categories that will encourage new people to have a go. So things like the wonkiest veg or, you know, the rudest veg, all those kind of things, just to get people to participate and get involved in it. Definitely. And the other one is the biggest and the longest. I know we've said it many times, but they are some of the easiest categories to judge as well, because it either is the longest or it is the heaviest. Yeah. And you like to get your tape measure out, (laughs) don't you? (laughs) I wonder what you were going to say then. Yes, I do. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters, sponsored by The Green Deco. Oh, we've got the honour and privilege to talk to a man who is on our wavelength, Julie. Yeah. I yeah. am so excited. And it's all about the veg. And we have got the original big veg man. Yes, we've Gerald got Stratford. Yeah, hello, Gerald. Thank you for joining us. Nice to be here with you. Oh, Gerald, it's such an honour to work with somebody like yourself who sort of gets what we're on about. When you enter the shows, is it all about the big veg that you enter or do you enter just like uh, the normal categories rather than the large categories? I just like growing vegetables. Me and my partner, Elizabeth, we love our veg. I like growing veg. We're self-sufficient. All the surplus, we make pickles and chutneys, jams. Just lately, we've started using a dehumidifier to dry our own tomatoes, peppers, chilies. We do our own sun-dried tomatoes. Only in small jars, empty the jar out, blitz it into a paste, spread it on the base of your pizza. It's so simple and lovely. The thing is, we don't understand why more people don't do what we're talking about. 
it as you've said it is so simple it's so satisfying it's a different taste altogether and yet so few of us seem to relish it and um unless we can find somebody to talk to like yourself people haven't got a clue what we're all about i grew up uh, in an era with my brothers and sisters before the supermarket most people even the people who didn't really like gardening grew vegetables because they needed them to eat and when the supermarket came along and gradually grew and grew the whole ethos of growing veg and fruit gradually died away because yeah. it was so easy a lot of the younger people almost treat gardening for vegetables as a, a sort of quirky thing a bit of a hobby like cycling or playing golf or fishing but for me it's just a way of life yeah, it's become quite fashionable now, actually, amongst younger people, which is great, you know, and if, if we can hook more people in. But uh, like you say, it's kind of almost like a lifestyle and it's it's remembering that food and vegetables and fruit is seasonal, isn't it? Because like you say, at the supermarkets, you can get anything at any time. Yeah, that's one thing we don't do. Yes, I'll eat sun-dried tomatoes in January, February and we got stuff in the freezer, which we've harvested. Things like parsnips, sweet, are seasonal, and we eat them seasonal. Yeah. Do you do any other shows? You go obviously going to do the big one at Malvern. Do you do any local shows? Because one of the things we wanted to talk about on this particular episode of the podcast is local horticultural shows, because we get asked to do some judging and presenting at these events. And we think they're kind of becoming a bit of a dying breed now. And, you know, we want to encourage more people to get involved. So have you got any tips for people? Have you got any advice what to do at the horticultural shows? If you've never done a show before, try and find a local show which is truly amateur. Most shows work under the guidance of the National Vegetable Association. But if it's uh, two villages away in October, they're having their first show ever. And it's truly amateur. No sort of strict guidelines about X amount of potatoes on a plate of a certain size. They're just enjoying showing off what they've grown. That should be encouraged because if 10 people grow, say, a plate of potatoes or tomatoes, one or two will carry it through. What's the most impressive thing that you've grown, Javold? What's your What's your biggest achievement, do you think? I had a cabbage, £88. Good Lord! <laughs> I've had several marrows around the £100 mark. I've got a cucumber. It's 28 inches long. Oh, circumference is 16 inches. <laughs> wow. The secret of showing anything is having a go. What are your secrets to growing big? Because the other thing is, I've noticed not only do you grow big, but you actually eat things as well. So some of the um, exhibitors we've seen before, they literally just grow big veg, but they don't use them, well, they don't I'm, cook them. They polish them, but they take them home again. The marrow this year, which I'll show you in a minute, it's not mm. as big as some of the ones about. It's about £50. But I'm going to make some marrow rum with it. Got some uh, leeks here, but I don't nice. think that... Yeah, they're not bad. I don't think they're going to quite make competition level, but they'll taste very lovely. So um, what do I do to get them bigger, though? Is it in the seed? seed? Is there any 
particular seed that I should be if looking at? If you want to grow, I'm lucky that I've got a very big back garden. And so the allotments have gone and everything's in my garden. And I grow a lot of things in raised beds, yeah. proper raised beds. My yeah. raised beds are a metre tall. Also, I've got two greenhouses and I will be this winter hopefully building another one. Most of my big onions, parrots, parsnips are in raised beds. And if you can get some sort of cover over them, you've got a bit of control over the environment. At the end of the day, whatever you grow, it'll eat well. Do you use muck at all? Because we love all smoke. So we use a lot of all smoke. Do you use any at all? Yes. Yes, I, I'm a firm believer in horse manure. And I've got about eight compost bins around my garden. And three of them are regularly filled up with horse manure to compost down. And I swear by it, it's it's marvellous stuff. So we know that you're a big veg man, but you're also a bit of a big internet sensation, aren't you? You kind of hit the <laughs> headlines in uh, when during lockdown and, and you've kind of got a massive following now. How does that feel? At the beginning, it was very strange. February of 2020, I wanted to do something different for me. And a friend of mine said, have you ever thought about Twitter or Instagram or something. And I thought about it and I thought, that's a good idea. I can just, me and my vets, nothing else. I got on Twitter and I posted one or two photographs. And over the next sort of three or four months, I'd got something like 90 followers. And I had a pot of potatoes in the greenhouse ready to harvest. And I put on something like my first early rocket, well pleased. And the phone started tweeting and buzzing and pinging. And so I phoned my nephew up and he come back a few minutes later and said, you've gone viral with your spuds. <laughs> and I'd gone from 96 followers to 9,000. Oh, blimey. And I'd had something like 80,000 hits. Wow. Do you think it's anything to do with the fact that you keep your cucumber in a hammock? Well, I treat all my veds like my children. You know, you love your children. I love my veg. If your vegetables are nice and pretty, you should be pretty working with them. Oh, there's a lesson for us then, Julia. We'll have to go out shopping. (laughs) And, you know, I like fashion. I sort of was a teenager in the sort of late 50s and 60s. You know, with Carnaby Street and rock and roll and, you know, and it, it stayed with me. I, I love fashion. You know, i done some work for Gucci. Really? Yes, yes. Gucci the fashion house. And also Alexander McQueen. Oh, you're rubbing shoulders I, with I've them. Got a, yeah? I've got a, a series of clothing from Alexander McQueen, which I was involved in the uh, the making of it. Thank you to Gerald. Uh, he's taught us a thing or two, hasn't he, Elaine? Who would have thought that he could, but he has. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters. Julia, do you remember, and I know it was some time ago, that um, you started off your tomatoes and I started mine and I started my Red Robin tomatoes? Yes, I do remember because I have 
that memory capacity. I also know that you tell me about them every single week. So uh, it is yeah. an obsession, I will yeah. say. But what happened was I started them early in the greenhouse up at the allotment. And uh, I did that many. I gave loads away. I'm only laughing because Gareth has now walked in here with... I'm having a look now. Actually, look at that. I planted them because there's the label, Julia, on the 10th of March. Yeah. And it says in my writing, Red Robin. Now yeah. then, I was just going to tell you that what I really like about Red Robin uh, tomatoes is that they never grow any more than round about 10 inches. Mm. Well, that looks about <laughs> um, two or three feet tall. Yes. Yeah. So what's Gareth done wrong? Well, I don't know. What, well, well, where, where he doesn't want to talk, but where have you kept it? Mouth it to me. Over there. Kitchen window, right. And um, have you had any fruit off it at all? Don't put them fingers up at me like that. This is audio, but I can describe it. Right, did you say two or three? Three, right, okay. It's like, um, what's that Ooh. game that you play at Christmas? Call my blood? No. No, uh, Cluda. Oh, uh, no. Um, charades. <laughs> right, it's like charades, but very different. Right. Mm. So it's still in the same pot. That's fine. Have you fed it? No, he's not fed it. No, he's shaking his head. Do you think right. you've got a, a freak seed there, Elaine? Do you think it, you've got something that's not a red robin in your red robin seed since you had a, an unusual cucumber as well? <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be. I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. No, I haven't. I really haven't. It's massive. Um... Oh, yes, it smells of tomatoes. I've just touched it. So, um, well, the thing is, it's got loads of flowers on the top of the plant still. It hasn't been supported. But the irony is you have actually got a few shoots coming off the side. So you've got a few side shoots, but nothing that you would shout about. Yeah. I, I, I've never, honestly, it that is interesting. It shouldn't need support, should no, it, Elaine? No, because no, because they're 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 yeah. 10 inches yeah. if you're lucky. Yeah. So... I don't know what's happened, but I think it hasn't got long before those flowers need to be in fruit. Um, with the time that we're on August to September, it hasn't got long. I don't know if it's going to work. Chop it set off, Elaine. Uh, well, now funny you should say that, my friend. So a few weeks ago, what happened was um, all of mine that have been in fruit, obviously, I'd had pounds and pounds of small red tomatoes describing them of what you've missed, actually, Gareth, and um, pounds and pounds of uh, tomatoes off them in the greenhouse and then what I did was I told Julie I was going to cut them all down because all the fruit now had gone and I was going to then let the pots dry so that I could put them onto the compost heap so I cut them to about an inch and a half two inches above the soil so the whole stalk chopped them all off put all the greenery into the green bin that was fine I would say within five days, I turned round. You're going to be amazed at this, Gareth. I know that you were almost nodding off there, but I'm going to tell you what happened. They've started to sprout again. And guess what? <laughs> They're about five inches high already. And they've got all those little shoots at the top as well. So it looks like I'm in for yet another lot A of tomatoes. Oh. Yeah. And that's amazing. But even more shocking that yours has done absolutely nothing. So what have you learned from working with us for so long, Gareth? 
Yes, well, on that, (laughs) we'll just move on. But watch this space, Julia, and see what happens. And hopefully we have got time to get some more fruit off that. And let's see what happens with this. I'll take it back with me. I think if Gareth gets fruit on that, I think it'll snap in half because all the uh, flowers are at the the top. top. Mm. You'll have to support it, Elaine. A Potty Plotters podcast with simple recipes for gluts and guts. Talking Ooh. about tomatoes, uh, okay. we were talking about our tomatoes we at were. the allotment the yeah. other day, and we were talking with our friend Jackie yes. on one of the plots and saying we were inundated with tomatoes and we like to make pasta sauce with them and, and tomato soup. And I've always just bunged them in the oven and then done things with them. But she said suggested to us, and that actually this is really cost-saving, is popping them into a slow cooker, because we know that slow cookers are one of the cheapest ways of cooking. And so she said, just chop them up, bung them into the slow cooker with some onions, with some garlic, with some herbs, and then leave it set on a low heat for six to eight hours. And then she just whizzed them down and made them into a sauce. So that's dead easy. Another good recipe. Give it a go. Yeah, my husband's doing it now. This episode of the podcast is being brought to you by The Green Deco, suppliers of plants and shrubs to the trade and public at unbelievable prices. Find them by searching online for The Green Deco or they are linked via our social media. Top-notch advice, no Latin included. The Potty Plotters Podcast. Autumn is creeping in. I used to know a poem about autumn, actually. I could tell you about it if you like. Autumn leaves are falling now. Mother says she'll buy a cow. Goody, now we'll have some butter. (laughs) If only Dad knew where to put her. (laughs) I know, I know. I can do loads of poems. Why is Gareth shaking his head? (laughs) That's what I'll tell you, that one. Thank you. Thank Mm. you for sharing that. So, so, yes, autumn is creeping. What were you going to tell us about? Uh, I was going to tell you all about, is it time that we should be getting some more carrots in the ground? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. Don't put them in the ground. Put them in tubs. Oh. Can you remember where you normally do the winter ones in tubs and leave them in the greenhouse? Carrots? Carrots. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like me doing them in the in the uh, tubs that I'm going to put in the polytunnel or or in the greenhouse. So what are you going to do then? Uh, I was just going to set some because I think we've got time. The water is out there. Um, we've not been inundated with it, but by crikey, the soil is still nice and warm. So I tell you what, let's have a little bit of a competition since we keep talking about them. You do some in tubs and I will do some in the raised bed on my allotment. Okay. How's that? Oh, that's a good idea. Right, a let's competition. see. Yeah. yeah, because we should both have time. But let's see, who grows the... Shall we do the longest? Well... Or the most? Well, it's variety, isn't it? So if you're doing Autumn King, what... I might do Autumn King or Nantes, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Uh, well, we have to grow the same variety, I oh, think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, well, I'll go through the seeds then and let's pull some out and we'll do the same seeds, but in different ways. And then the listeners can hear what is best to plant. Yeah, don't you go buying any from the supermarket. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get stuck into carrots then. Right. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters. Sponsored by the Green Deco. Elaine, main crop potatoes. Have you grown any? 
No. I haven't either. No. Well, you've got them on the list, but I know somebody who has grown them. Jerry. Jerry, yeah. Yeah, he grows loads, doesn't he? Yeah. Now, my dad used to do loads. He used to do half the allotment because it kept the family going for months, obviously. And um, and they weigh a lot when you've got a long way to walk to the shop to buy some. But as I say, my dad used to do them. But now is the time to be getting them out the ground. Oh, that's why I saw him doing them earlier. Oh, did you? Yeah, he was oh, digging right. them out and he yeah. was kind of spreading them out yeah. on his path. That's was that right. to dry them in yes, the sun? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. To set them. Yeah. So all of these skins will set yeah. and that's really important because he's going to store them and by storing them, don't do it in plastic bags or anything, but you know them big tater sacks that you get from like a, a chip shop? They'll, yeah. They've always got them. Put the potatoes when they're dry into the potato sacks and then store them somewhere cold and in the dark, preferably. So like a garage. Now, the difficulty, Julia, with storing your own potatoes, you need to check them regularly because if you get one bad one, if you've ever smelt a bad potato, let me tell you. See, producer Gareth is nodding his head. It's working really well, all of this uh, charades, isn't it now? (laughs) Yeah. So it's not a good thing. So what you have to do is get them out every now and again just to check that none of them have gone off. Yeah, empty the whole bag. Yeah, go all the way down to the bottom. But if you've got a spare bag, all you're doing is you're taking them out, putting them into the next one. I'm hitting the microphone because, you see, I was demonstrating to you what to do. So all you do is take them out and put them in and carry on but it's really important um, we used to get through 100 weight of taters a week we did at our house you can tell <laughs> <laughs> just picking up on a point that you've mentioned there about the potatoes rotting um when they're in the bag i did notice that a few of jerry's had started to uh, develop wireworms and problems like that mm. so he needs to go through them doesn't he before he yeah. stores them yeah and, and use those ones to yeah start and off that's with. what i would do all those that look like they've got some damage to them put them on one side and use them straight yeah. away why not why worm won't eat the whole potato no no but what you will do is store all the others and they do store for a long time so why not contact the potty plotters anytime on facebook twitter and instagram at potty plotters or email naughty corner at pottyplotters.uk elaine have you ever heard of the interflora world cup of flowers is that something you've made up no No, in that case, no, I've never heard of it. Right, Okay. Well, let's talk to Elizabeth Newcomb, who is the UK entrant for this year. The Interflora World Cup is held every four years. Um, The last time it was in Philadelphia, and this time we're lucky enough to have it in the UK, which is just so exciting. Um, The only way I can describe it is kind of if you think of Chelsea Flower Show, maybe combined with the Olympics um, and just lots of drama and excitement. Um, So it's a little bit bonkers, but what an event. It's so exciting. Um, And all of I think there's about 20 competitors entering this. And it won't just be, you know, hand type bouquets or wedding uh, you know our typical sort of bridal bouquet that we do here in the UK a lot of it is very um very big on bigger scales so a lot of it the inspiration is often drawn from architecture or you know textiles or something um but yeah it is huge it's it's a really big event and uh, the level of floristry is so interesting because it's so different to what we're used to in the UK with commercial work so it's more floral art, including ladders and everything else. If you're uh, if you've got big structures, is that right? 
Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. So it very much is floral art. And as, as well as you guys probably know, it's using the, each flower to the best of its form or best of its colour and, you know, colour harmonies and textures and what works well together. Um, so it's fascinating. And I think you don't have to be a florist to appreciate the, the level that goes into it. I think if you love flowers in general, it, it really is for you. Elizabeth, I'm interested that you mentioned it's a little bit of a cross between Chelsea and the Olympics. How on earth do, does the Olympics fit in? Do you have to do some kind of warming up or racing round or how does that fit in and how do you prepare for that? So <laughs> there is actually a lot that goes on behind the scenes and because um, because the timing is so tight between each task and that we've got preparation zones and the actual competitive boots as well, sometimes you have to run with trolleys. It's just a little bit bonkers. But <laughs> <laughs> it, in terms of, um, you know, the scale of something and training for something like this, I kind of compare it to, you know, if an athlete were to train for a level of uh, event something similar along these lines um but no it's, it is a really it's an amazing event and the only way you can really kind of grasp the true concept of it is to actually go and watch it um, and there are tickets available on the Interflora website for that as well to get mentally prepared as well for this because I'm just thinking when we do events um, we have a great big list of things that we tick off as we go along yes got yes got yes got yes got who's got where is it kind of thing do you have to do things like that as well like um, all the equipment and bits and pieces that you have to take with you Oh, massively. Yeah. Um, so I normally do weddings in my normal day to day job as well. So um, I totally know what you mean with the checklist and things. And oh, you know, is is so and so on the van? Yes, it is. Right. That job's done. And um, this is is much harder. And I think it, that what I've struggled with is is learning to delegate um, and pass it on to other people. And it's so hard, isn't it? Because all you want <laughs> to do is just see everything go on the van yourself. And, you know, take say, yep, that purple Lysianthus has arrived or, you know, yep, the dahlias are on the trolley. But you can't, you have to rely on other people. And it's so hard. Um, but in answer to your question, yes, we have pages and pages of checklists and just thinking about you mentioning the olympics again that's fixated <laughs> in my mind but when you go to the olympics you've kind of got a support team and cheerleaders and everybody there have you got a cheerleading team well, there to do it Julia. we could do we? Yeah, don't worry. not far away <laughs> i think this is the real advantage with being in the uk and it's such uh, i think our industry here in the uk is so fantastic because at the end of the day we're florists because we love the flowers and um, i wouldn't necessarily say any of us do it for uh, you know a lot of money because i don't know how many people <laughs> get that in our industry but um i think that's what's so nice is yeah a lot of us do it for the passion and for the love and to be able to go up to the inspora world cup and you do it on home turf and just know that everyone else or most people who are T turning up to the competition most of them are from the UK and it's it is a lovely feeling to to you know feel supported in that way and the messages I've received from flower arrangers and flower arranging clubs and even my customers at the shop who have no idea about floristry they just like to go home with an armful of dahlias or something once every two weeks you know everyone's getting into it and I just think it's so lovely but it's been going since 1972 way before I'm sure you were born and uh well you Julia yeah, as well obviously yeah. um but <laughs> 1972 so it's got quite a, a lengthy history and as you say there are 20 countries with all different contestants from each of the countries coming in 
I mean, I'd be in a mad panic. Are you panicking? I mean, I don't want to set you yeah, off, obviously, but are you panicking? <laughs> and how do you keep sane in all of this? I wouldn't have slept for a week. I don't. Well, it's hard. It Obviously, it's, it's so much easier said than done to, you know, kind of just stay calm. But I think because it's taken eight to nine months of prep, you know, almost everything in your head and um, you know it almost comes to a point where you don't need these checklists you can just say yeah right that design has so and so stems and this is that um it is it's hard though and it's there's been a lot of hours that have gone into this you know it's not just kind of picking your colors and oh that will do I'll buy that structure and put some test tubes on it it's been so much more than that we've had a whole team of engineers and structure people and specialists and my boyfriend's a carpenter he's on the flooring Ooh, so you know there's that. all of that as well um but in terms of preparing for something like this I just it's the hours that have gone into it it's you know the last couple of weeks have been kind of 16 hour days and so yeah there, there's a lot that goes into it so when you win this because we are positive people yeah. and you know we are behind you on this how do they present you with a medal do you get a medal do you go on a rostrum <laughs> or something how does it work how do you crown what do you get a big crown or something so the the top finalists the top five um in the finalists will go through and do a surprise task on stage and that will all be very exciting because the competitors themselves won't have any idea as to what this task could be um in fact they won't even be able to see the flowers until the flowers are literally placed in front of them so it's very exciting um but if you win i think you get a certain amount of money although i can't remember off the top of my head because i've been busy doing other things with this and that um but i i know you get um an x amount of money and i do believe there is a trophy as well but to be honest just to be even just to be a part of this competition and to be able to represent the uk whilst it's hosting is just magical so again how do people get to where you're going to be whereabouts is it so it's in Manchester, Manchester Central. Um, tickets are available on the Interflora website, interflora.co.uk. Um, make sure you also keep up with Instagram as well. We are on there with Interflora UK. Um, I'm sure there'll be lots of interesting stories and posts going on. So follow them. Um, you'll be able to keep updated that way. But uh, yes, there's tickets available. Um, really worth looking at. And if you can't get to Manchester, don't worry, because you can also watch it live as well, which is fab. Hints and tips for shortcuts to success. The Potty Plotters Plotcast. Right then, this week, hints and tips, Julia. I've had um, a little clean up, actually. I know most people will be surprised, but they have. <laughs> most of all yours, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he's listening to this, sorry. Right then, so what I've done is I've got hold of my uh, old gardening magazines. Now then, in each of my gardening magazines, there are lots of different articles of different plants. And what I've been doing is taking out, for instance, a page on carrots, uh, cauliflower, cabbages, uh, runner beans, all the different kinds of vegetables that we generally grow. Why? Because I wanted to throw the rest of them away and keep some as well because we'll be doing something with them at Christmas which I'm not going to tell you about at the moment but what I've been doing is I've been making seed packets out of the um, pages out of the magazine and it's dead easy to do so what I'll do is I'll take a photograph and I'll give it you but if they are for instance cabbage seeds and uh, I've got half a packet I've put the cabbage packet into 
the pack that I've made so that at a glance, instead of me with my glasses on trying to find the seeds, I just look at the picture. Isn't that clever of me? That is clever. <laughs> it was my idea, truthfully. And that's what I've done with all my seeds. Thanks again to The Green Deco for sponsoring this episode and to everybody who's contributed to it. And don't forget that if you want to get in touch or send us any of your photographs or questions or just give us some feedback, tell us whether you like us or not. Oh, no, perhaps not. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, contact us and Elaine will answer. (laughs) And Elaine will answer any questions that you (laughs) Thanks for that, Julia. Anyway, next episode is 35. Thank goodness for that. And next time we'll be talking about herbs, drying flowers, as well as everything in between. A bit like a sandwich. I'm just saying a sandwich because I like a nice filling in my sandwiches. And what I'm not do you sure. like? What's your favourite sandwich? Uh, probably uh, tuna and cucumber. Oh, cheese and beetroot. Oh, I forgot about that. Just beetroot and beetroot. Yeah, now you're making me hungry. It's just one of those things when I say food. The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters, sponsored by The Green Deco, is an Amberland Media production.